the path doesn't have to be straight. We have a lot more information that we Value courage. You're listening to the We Get Real AF podcast, exploring the future with trailblazing women and girls in emerging tech, XR, AI, and futurism. Science and technology are reshaping our world at lightning speed. Engage in conversations that'll spark your curiosity and challenge what you thought possible. Inventing tomorrow starts now. And here are your hosts, Vanessa Alava and Sue Robinson. Welcome, everyone, to the We Get Real AF podcast and our special career segment, Profesh Sesh. I'm Sue Robinson. And I'm Vanessa Alava. You asked and we listened. You wanted more support, more resources, and we are here with our talent specialist, Elisa Walters, every week covering all things career. That's right. I am so excited to be talking career development, growth, mentorship, all the good things. So let's dive in. Hey, everybody. Diversity and inclusion are hot topics right now, and many companies are working hard to show they care about equality. But how much is it just for show, and can that backfire? Today, Elisa is unpacking the perils of performance allyship, what it means, and how you can spot it. Elisa, take it away. It's great to be back, and I'm so excited that we are talking about this. And I'm going to start with a definition of performance allyship. It's where a lot of people Businesses, leaders are professing support for marginalized groups with many people in different positions lending rhetorical support to diversity and inclusion, particularly in the area of equality. And it's becoming something that has a bit of a a negative connotation with it as well, because people are expressing their support, leaders are expressing their support. It's coming into question because Is it just for show? What are the actions that's being taken behind their support of marginalized groups? Um, So you see somebody might share a post on Instagram or reshare a post on Facebook or Twitter or social media in general, but what are they doing to back up their post? What actions are they taking to show that this isn't just for show? This isn't just a performance to say, hey, look, I care about this group. I care about equality. Actions speak louder than words. I remember that was very controversial on Instagram during the the race riots that happened earlier in 2020. And people did the blackout box for the Black Lives Matters show of support on Instagram. And very quickly, people kind of called BS on that because it's really easy to not post and just put up, you know, just copy somebody else's blacked out box. But if if it starts and ends there, Mm -hmm. what is that really doing? Yeah. Yeah. Furthermore, I mean, I think there was even something around that same time, Sue. It was an Instagram post where people were posting an image thinking it meant one thing, but it actually Mm -hmm. meant another. Exactly. (laughs) Yes. So it was like, you're just reposting, showing that you're in support of something, but you don't even realize what it means, which therefore can backfire on the company. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It can have detrimental effects when making progress. Everybody reshared a black box, but how many people actually took the time to research what that actually meant and what they were actually standing behind to the point of performance allyship. Now, Elisa, you know, 
clearly there have been a lot of movements within the last couple of years that have triggered this uh, performance allyship. What was happening beforehand? Are like the HR people in the world saying, yes, finally, you know, this is our moment to shine. This is what we've been wanting to do for so long. And now there's like movements behind it. What was being done beforehand and kind of talk to us about that sea change? I think it's definitely company business specific. I can't speak for for other companies. I can speak from experience as a professional working within a large organization who has always tried to facilitate an inclusive environment and to be a voice for marginalized groups. But what I can say is that this is a time for team companies and businesses that have diversity and inclusion initiatives to really show their authentic selves, to really step up to the plate and really highlight the importance of DNI efforts within an organization. So I think that, you know, it, it really is location, business specific. And I think that so many leaders who have these initiatives in place really have a, 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 a time to shine, to show like this is what we we're working towards as an organization. This is the information that we're putting out and sharing not only with prospective clients, prospective candidates, but also for our current employees to feel supported, to feel like they have the support of this big organization for these marginalized issues. So if I am a recruiter for a company and I want to attract more diverse talent, what can I go back to my leadership and say, here are areas that the talent that's out there, underrepresented talent, is asking about and looking for? What speaks to those candidates right now? I think that there's a, a couple of things. And I want to take it back a step further from an HR standpoint, from a hiring standpoint, be able to look at the data of a company and get some key data points to measure how many employees represent an underrepresented community. Also get a sense of what areas of the business may not represent those voices. And there are some really great tools out there now. It can start as simple as our a company's job description, the job posting that they post. There's a tool that's called Textio where you can run your job description through Textio, and it's going to pull out certain keywords that people use, phrases, and it will say these words, these phrases tend to attract females. These words tend to attract more males. These are, you know, cliches. It, it breaks it down in such a way that it helps you also fix it so that it can attract more diverse and inclusive candidates, underrepresented candidates. One of the things that I love to talk to my team about, any of my teams, my hiring managers, when I am opening up a role, I want to know, what's the missing voice on your team? I want to make sure that I'm bringing an ad to that team, not somebody who can fit in. And we've talked about this before, and I've used this, this expression before, that a hiring manager can be like, can I go have a beer with that person? I want to know somebody's skill set coming into the organization is going to be a culture add to that team and bring something different and that we are representing all different voices. So if there's a missing voice and there's a skill set that's missing, 
at the end of the day, the person who is most qualified to do the job and brings the strongest set of skills is the person that needs to be identified for that role. But I do think that a company can start by looking at the data, seeing what the missing voice is, and figure out ways to be more inclusive in who they hire. You know, it's such a, like so many of the issues we discuss, multifaceted problem. Because, for example, there are certainly in the STEM professions, many roles that there just is not a pipeline of women, Mm -hmm. right? Or there's not a pipeline of certain minorities. So if candidates are looking at a company and saying, oh, well, you don't have many people who look like me, that speaks ill of your company, the company could turn around and say, we want more people who look like you, but there's not a pipeline for it. So um, I just think it's important for everybody to just do their research and try to look below just the statistics, right? And really try to understand more about the culture of the company. And I think it, to the same point, it's important for companies to really do some self-examination about whether their culture is welcoming when they do get somebody from a marginalized or underrepresented group that does enter the pipeline. You bring up a good point, Sue. And Elisa, is this an opportunity for companies to make themselves vulnerable and say, hey, we are looking to bring in a more diverse uh, group, uh, have more diverse voices, and actually have that as part of the job description. I mean, are we to the point now where companies can keep it real Yeah, <laughs> with, with the candidates as much as they want the candidates to keep it real with them? Or is that breaking a law because you can't really target people by race? I don't know. You tell us. I think that companies should be having these conversations. I think that there are so many amazing organizations that come into a company to teach about diversity and inclusion, to facilitate open dialogue about race, inequality, privilege. And I think that it would be great for companies, if they're not already doing it, to bring these kind of organizations in that can open these thoughtful conversations. When looking at bringing in an underrepresented candidate into the mix, I think that a company also has a duty to make a workplace, implement policies that are more inclusive, that make that company more attractive for a candidate to say, you know what, this company offers really great policies for a marginalized group. I am interested in researching this company more. This is a company that I want to work for. But I think that the first step is having open conversations and not trying to brush it under the rug like it doesn't exist. The time is now. And this is a great opportunity for companies to really self-reflect, look at what's not working and figure out how to be more inclusive. Now, do they do this? Um, I mean, there's a number of ways, right? But uh, social media, right? Everyone is on social media. Do you encourage campaigns, you know, where they're showing, hey, this, these are the steps that we're taking, or we have this really amazing, thoughtful conversation series that we're bringing in and just kind of layering LinkedIn with those types of things every time they're coming out with something new to really help those initiatives? just like a candidate would beef up their LinkedIn when they're looking for work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a great place to, sh- to showcase it. That's an opportunity to connect with their clients, their prospective employees. I work at an organization that has continuous conversations, continuous summits, bring in people to have town hall type meetings. 
And they share that on social media. They share those kind of initiatives. And I think that's a, a great thing that backs up this idea of performance allyship. They're not just posting a quote from Martin Luther King on MLK Day. They're taking the actions. They're backing up their word with action. And I think if somebody goes to our social media page, they're going to see that we have a very diverse and inclusive team of people that put together and facilitate these conversations. They're not just throwing up a post and not showing that they're taking action behind it. And I think that companies should be doing that. What is a tactful way for a candidate to bring these questions up in an interview? I think a candidate should directly ask, what is a company doing? The topic of diversity and inclusion in the workplace is something that is only going to continue to become more prevalent in workplaces. And I think it's important that if you are a candidate and this is an initiative that you want to know about, ask the question, find out what your prospective employer is doing from a diversity and and diversity and inclusion standpoint to be more of an inclusive workplace. What kind of workplace policies are they putting in place? that are representative of a marginalized group or underrepresented voices. I think it's also important that companies need to think about what kind of workplace policies they are putting in place and put action behind words is so important. Think about your brand strategy and create partnerships to ensure that you are creating as a company a more inclusive workplace. Walk the walk and talk the talk. (laughs) Exactly. Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of We Get Real AF. We're excited to bring you the voices of amazing women and girls who are shaping the future for good. Please help us spread the WeGraph mission of supporting women and girls in emerging tech and science. Follow us on Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. Our handle is at WeGetRealAF. And visit our website at www.wegetrealaf.com. Don't forget to like, comment, and to subscribe to the podcast. We also want to give a big shout out and thanks to Sam McLean for providing sound production for the show. You can find Sam on Instagram at McLean Sounds, that's M-C-L-E-A-N-S-O-U-N-D-S, and to our voiceover artist, Veronica Horta, for her show introduction. You can find Veronica on LinkedIn by searching for Veronica Horta, H-O-R-T-A. We'll meet you back here next time for another great conversation about high tech with cool women.